Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Social Media Advantage for Craft Breweries. I am Ryan Bellello, and this is Batch 006. And today's batch is extra special because I get to welcome my first guest on the podcast. I mentioned that in the past that I would be occasionally bringing guests on the podcast, specifically when their expertise would be much better used to teach you how to leverage social media rather than just me talking to you. And Allison Mayer is really, really knowledgeable when it comes to Instagram. And so this episode or this batch is going to piggyback on batch 005, which is the previous one to this. And it talked about tools you can use to add some variety to your Instagram posts. And if you haven't listened to that one, I encourage you to listen to that one first and then come back and listen to this one where we're gonna dig into tactics and strategies, things you can do to A, increase your following on Instagram, and B, just as important to increasing your following is increasing engagement, meaning how many people are interacting with the posts that you put up on Instagram. And so Allison's gonna dig into both sides of these, and she does a really good job, digs really deep, and like I said, you'll hear she does a much better job and knows much more about Instagram than than I do. And so let's dig into the conversation with Allison and I'll catch up with you on the other side of the interview. Hey friends, as I told you way back in, in the first batch of this podcast that we would be occasionally bringing in guests, people who know more about certain things when it comes to social media than I do. And Instagram is one of those platforms that I love to use. Uh, it's fun to engage with people, but I don't know everything about it. I still scratch my head at times on why are certain things working? Why aren't certain things working? And today I've brought in my friend, Allison Mayer, to talk to us a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes when it comes to Instagram. Some of those things that we may not be thinking about when we're creating content so that when we are putting effort into creating it, we know what what are healthy expectations to have for it. So Allison, I'm glad you're spending a little bit of time with us. Would you just give us a little bit about... Uh, who you are, but really what what is it that you do on Instagram? Why do you love it so much? And uh, we'll get into what, you, what you're learning afterwards. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate it. So I'm a big fan of Instagram and I'm a very heavy user of Instagram because I'm primarily a photographer. So obviously Instagram is a social media platform that was designed for sharing photos. It's grown to so much more than that, more than what it originally started out as. But Obviously, that was my initial draw to it. And over the years, um, probably in the last three that I've really been serious about focusing on my Instagram account, um, I've seen really the community aspect versus just the photo sharing aspect of Instagram take off. So a lot of what I do on Instagram is just share my content, share my expertise, um, share about issues that I'm passionate about, clients that I work with, a wide variety, but I also use it as a way to engage with the people who are following my content. So more so than on Twitter or on Facebook or even on my email list, for me personally, the people who resonate with my content and the people who need to hear about the things that I'm sharing, I find them mostly on Instagram. So it's a huge part of my business personally. Okay. And so using Instagram, what... I know you said you were, you've been using it for a while. What, when, when did this the switch and how you use it 
happen and 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 what was some of the growth that that happened from that when you started taking it um i don't want to use the word maybe for lack of better words seriously but you, you changed your strategy and you started seeing some growth what did you start doing uh initially yeah definitely so Back in 2015, I lost a pretty big paying client to another photographer who had a huge Instagram following. So that was really kind of my catalyst for trying to figure out what is Instagram all about and how could I leverage it to create an area to create myself as an expert really more than anything else. So that was in the middle of 2015. At that time, I set my goal to be 10,000 followers by the end of the year. I ended up actually achieving that in about middle of January. So I didn't quite make my year end goal, but it was close enough. I was happy with that. This was back before Instagram implemented their algorithm back when it was still a really simple platform. So a lot of the strategies that I used for growth back then are probably not ones that I'd recommend now. Um, I was very focused on how many followers could I get, um, how quickly could I get those followers? I didn't really pay too much attention to who those followers were or how I could convert those followers. So since then, it's been a little bit different of a journey. Um, In 2016, when Instagram um, implemented their algorithm, I really started to notice that I wasn't having the success that I did with my old tactics. And of course, that's the story for a lot of us that use the platform. So it's really just been a growing experience, even though the algorithm, um, I took a hit in kind of my effectiveness on Instagram when the algorithm was implemented. It was still such a huge part of my business that I had to figure it out. So one of the things that I noticed is that the accounts that seemed to be doing really well on Instagram, the things that were popping up in my explore feed, for example, Um, were really targeted, really niche accounts that had great interaction. So they had these loyal followers. If you went and you looked at their account, you could see the same people were commenting over and over again. The same people were liking over and over again. They had this great back and forth with the people who are following them. And so I tried to initiate with my 10,000 followers that same kind of banter, but I wasn't getting any traction. So because I had been so focused in the beginning on how can I get more followers and not necessarily engaging with those followers. It was a little bit more of a struggle for me. So I think the, the main thing that the algorithm changed was my ability to not, maybe not ability, my uh, focus on creating a community versus Instagram, just being another distribution channel for my work. So if I hear you correctly, you're saying we're going from this idea of you were using it and reach was really good. You were getting a lot of exposure. You were spreading your your branches out when it came to this content and a lot of people were seeing it. And now this algorithm is, I don't want to say turning it inward. Is it making it more focused on engagement, getting the people who are following your page or following your your account to to interact with what it is you're creating and sharing? Yeah, definitely. I think before the algorithm, I was getting a lot of feedback, um, a lot of likes, let's say, on my images, but they weren't, there was really no way to tell who those people were, or it didn't really seem to matter as much what you did to get those likes. So you could use a lot of hashtags, and that would get you more likes. 
or you could interact with a lot of people and that would get you more likes. And that's not necessarily true anymore. Instagram's algorithm is really heavily focused on who are you interacting with? Who are the people who are interacting with you? Um, are you being spammy in your behavior at all? So that comes into play a lot with hashtags, um, which we can go into specifically in a second. But just to touch on a couple of more points, Instagram really looks at who's following you when they determine who to show your um, content to. Mm -hmm. So who is following you is more important now than ever. It used to be a like equals a like, a comment equals a comment on Instagram. And anymore, that's not the case. So if you're a local business, like a brewery might be, for example, and you're getting a lot of interaction from people who, let's say you're based in Milwaukee, but you're getting a lot of interaction from people who are based in New York or who are based in California. And you keep tagging your posts with, you know, Milwaukee Brewery or at locations in Milwaukee. Instagram sees that. And that like from the person in New York is not going to be as powerful in creating um, a positive um, correlation in the Instagram algorithm as a like from somebody in Milwaukee might be, for example. Okay. Okay. So did you, were you able to crack, I don't want to say crack, crack the code. I mean, you said you had to do this pivot from the algorithm being implemented. Did you figure out ways to get your current audience, your current followers to, to start interacting with your posts more? Yeah. So that was definitely where I turned my focus. So since I got my initial 10,000 followers, I grew up to about 15,000 followers. But since I really um, kind of focused on who's following me and how can I get those inner people to act, those people to interact with me, I'm back down to 13,000. And so how that works is what happens when you start getting large amounts of followers is some of those people that are following you are spam accounts or they're inactive accounts, like accounts that were owned by real people who just don't use the platform anymore. And so those are accounts that you really want to get rid of because Instagram takes into your, takes into its algorithm um, formula, your engagement rate. So how many of the people who follow you are actually interacting with your account? So one of the things that you want to do is get rid of those. But I think the thing that's more important is that if you have 10,000 people, it's just an easy number to work with. So we'll go with that. If you have 10,000 people that are following you, but only your reach on your account or on your post is only 800 or a thousand, Instagram sees that as 9,000 people who aren't interested in your content. When what actually happened, it's kind of a catch-22 of the way the algorithm works, is that those 9,000 people probably aren't even seeing your content anymore. So in the last year, I've really focused um, my efforts on how do I reach those 9,000 people that aren't seeing my content? Because these are people who already followed me which indicates that they like what I'm posting, they want to hear more about what I'm doing, and they're not even seeing my content in the first place. So um, by doing that, at the beginning of this year, my interactions on my posts were about 300, and that was for a following of around 14,000. Now my interactions are between 1,000 and 2,000 consistently with a following of 13,000. So I haven't really grown the number of people who are following me all that much, but I have significantly increased the number of people who are interacting. So my reach is almost up to 90% of the people who actually follow me now, 
which from what I've heard looking at, like talking with other people about their accounts, looking at their statistics, I think the average reach for an account right now is sitting around like 15 or 20%. So it's been hugely successful in getting my audience engaged and interested in what I'm doing and supporting my business outside of Instagram, which is the ultimate goal is how can we use Instagram as a way to get people to come to our business? Yeah. So what you're saying, what you're saying is we should, uh, we, I'm, I'm putting myself in the pool of being a craft brewer. We should be going in, whether we have 200 or 20,000 followers on Instagram and be looking to see which accounts don't help the algorithm serve us to new people, you know, to get us. Definitely. Okay. Yes. And so how, that seems like a lot of work for me. It is a lot of work. If I have 20,000 followers or 10,000 or even a thousand, how do you go about doing that? Is there a tool that you can use? How do you, is it just, you got to put the grunt work into it? I, I mean, I think basically if you're looking for shortcuts, there aren't any, and that's kind of the sad thing about Instagram. And the reason it is that way is because we reached a point at the beginning of the year where there were a lot of people automating a lot of things on Instagram. So people were automating follows and people were automating likes and people were automating comments and everything that they could think of. And Instagram, since they started cracking down on that, has made it harder for those people who are legitimately using the platform to kind of get the reach out there that they're looking for. And so you really just have to put in the work um, so one of the things, there are a lot of apps you can download on your phone that'll tell you who your ghost followers are. That's the term for somebody who follows you, but doesn't interact with your account. Okay. And the thing that you need to be aware of with those is one, don't go in and delete like 250 or 2000 people at one time. Instagram is going to put a giant red flag on your account. If you start doing that kind of behavior. Okay. But the other thing is, is that these ghost followers aren't necessarily all spam or inactive accounts, which is kind of what the term ghost originally started to be. A lot of these followers that follow you but don't interact are just people who have gotten out of sync with the algorithm when it comes to your content. Okay. So what you really have to go through is identify who are these people who are not interacting with your account and a, do I just block them because they're not a real account or they're an inactive account? Or are they a real person that I can bring back into the algorithm by interacting with their stuff? And so that's what I really spend a lot of my time on Instagram doing. Now, as far as what apps to use, because that's a common question I get all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an iPhone user. I use an app called InstaReport, but that doesn't that app doesn't exist for Android and it doesn't exist on your desktop. So really my best advice is just to get on Google and find what people who have your technology are using because it doesn't transfer across. But another one that I use is a stats app called Iconosquare, which yes. I'm a huge fan of. And it tells you um, one of the important things that it tells you is what percentage of people who are interacting with your content are followers and what percentage aren't followers. So you'll see very quickly, are you succeeding because of your hashtag strategy, but your followers aren't interacting? Or are you succeeding because of your community, but your hashtags aren't landing? That's an important thing to differentiate there. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thought would be is, uh, in the past, I would use tons and tons of as many hashtags as I could. 
Um, there was even a point. It's probably been. Uh, it's probably the end of last year when I stopped doing this. I mean, I would use. T- I had two accounts, so I'd have one account put post the photo and drop the hashtags in, and then I'd have another account that would drop another thirty in. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have a ton of people who were kind of flyby. They'd see it in the search. Somehow it would show up somewhere for them. Mm-hmm. But I'd never get the follow, and they'd never interact with anything I created ever again. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that that doesn't that doesn't work for me. I need people who are going to stick around and be around uh, around long term. And so yeah, these two apps I guess are good. But yeah, you're 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 hitting an important point. I I don't. I really f- want people to understand that the essentials, we're trying to help you understand the essentials of what this th- platform does. Getting good results on social, getting good return for your time is not, there, there isn't going to be any cheap uh, shortcuts for it Definitely. Uh, uh, on this. And so Iconosquare, is that is that a web-based? Uh, uh, yeah, Iconosquare is a web-based statistics app. It's, okay. I think it's like $20 a month, but it's okay. 100% worth it. But, yeah. Okay. Just plug for them. They're amazing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'll include it. Obviously, we'll have show notes here for those mm-hmm. of you that are listening so that you guys can get all the links and uh, details to what we're what we're discussing here. Um, so tell me a little bit more about uh, you and I were talking before we, we went live here as far as content creation versus audience. You talked a little bit more about how we should interact with our audience. As far as the content goes... How many times should we be posting a week? What can we expect with with the frequency of that? I know a lot of these uh, breweries that I'm connected with on Instagram, they they've got to either have somebody in house that's really stellar, or more likely they're hiring somebody to come in and and get photography, uh, take mm-hmm. photos of their brewery, of their of their product, of their staff. But how do they translate those great looking photos into a strategy for posting these things on Instagram? Mm-hmm. So I would. My my best advice would be you need to spend at least half, if not more, of your time engaging with your audience versus content creation. So I say that because it's great to have an amazing-looking Instagram feed. And in the long run, the better your feed looks, the higher quality your content, the more successful you're going to be. But there are a ton of people out there with really terrible content who are doing really well. So spending all of your effort to get this perfect picture and then you have no time left to engage within the app is just going to be a recipe not only for failure, but for frustration because you're going to be like, I spent all this time on Instagram and I'm not getting any return from it. So I think that at least 50% of your time needs to be engaging with your audience um, and the other smaller percentage of your time content creation. Uh, one thing that I've found for myself and for other people who have asked me to help with their Instagram or take a look at ways that they can be better is that when you post to Instagram, you need to be there in the app, like ready to interact. That interaction that you get on your um, account or on your new photo within the first hour determines kind of the course that your photo is going to take all together. So I always tell people when you post, that's when you need to go and be liking other people's images within your hashtags, commenting on images that have been posted by the people who follow you, responding to comments and um, other engagements that come up. So when you post, you need to have time set aside to be available to interact. I think that more than anything is the 
key to kind of unlocking the algorithm is that first hour of interaction. Okay. So post the content and then within that first hour, you should be uh, interacting with other people's posts. Yeah. And that's where you'll hear a lot of people kind of um, a buzzword that's out there right now for Instagram is these Instagram pods, which are like communities of people who agree. That's where those pods come in handy because you can get that guaranteed interaction within the first hour. If you don't have a strong following, like uh, right now, I think there's no way to measure this. And I'm just going by kind of my observations but roughly 25 to 30% of the people who follow me have post notifications turned on. So I know when I post a photo, I'm going to get that engagement right away. But if you don't have a strong community built yet, you're not going to have that. And that's where having a pod or some other dedicated group of people to come interact with your post in the first hour that you post it comes in handy. Okay. Okay. And so then let's let's transition to another um, another thing that comes up is is hashtags. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of. I, I don't have all my information on this, but I've I've heard that too many hashtags can be bad now. Is there certain ones you shouldn't be using? Mm-hmm. Um, people worried about not showing up in, you know, organic search when they go to the explore tab because it's not relevant. Can you just give a little clarity on what we know? We can use up to thirty, but what should a brewery be looking at when when they're including hashtags in their posts? Definitely. So um, the thing that's been going around about Instagram hashtags is this term called shadow banning, which you don't hear about as much anymore. Thankfully, it's kind of died down, but it was a huge issue uh, in the last few months. And so what, what people are saying happens is that when they post a photo and they go and they click on that hashtag, their photo isn't showing up under that hashtag. And so they feel like they've been banned by Instagram somehow. What is actually happening is that uh, there are a lot of hashtags that are abused on Instagram. So like dogs of Instagram is a hashtag that you can't use anymore because Instagram's pretty much shut it down. And what happens is that spam accounts get on Instagram and they flood these really popular hashtags with media in efforts to gain more likes, get people to look at their content, whatever it is that they're selling. And so Instagram looks at the hashtags that you're using. And if they feel like you're using a hashtag too many times, they don't show that content under that hashtag. So what's been happening is that standard convention for Instagram used to be, you know, you would always tag. um, So being a photographer myself, you know, if you're a wedding photographer, you would always tag hashtag wedding photography, hashtag Indianapolis wedding photography. For a brewery, you might tag hashtag craft beer every single time you post and so yeah (laughs) and so what instagram's algorithm is saying is this person is trying too many times to get into this hashtag so i used to have a hashtag um specifically for my photos that was just like the 20 ones that i thought were the best so that if you went to that hashtag you would see kind of my curated portfolio of the best images i feel i've ever posted to instagram If you go to that hashtag now, it only shows like two of them because since I'm the only one using the hashtag, Instagram has decided that I am spamming that hashtag and I'm not allowed to use it anymore. So Hmm. when you use your hashtag, I don't think personally that the number of hashtags matter. I would hesitate to use 30 of them because I can't come up with 30 relevant 
but unique hashtags every single time I post yeah. is way better for you to be using five hashtags that you only use once every 10 photos than it is to be using 30 hashtags that you use exactly the same on every single post. Because that's how you're going to start getting that quote unquote shadow banning effect that everybody was really upset about a couple months ago. So no more using 30 hashtags. You can oh. use them. Just make sure that they're all different and you haven't used them before. <laughs> That's a lot of work. So yeah. yeah. So I guess I got one follow-up question for you because I feel like what you're telling me is is um, kind of bashing what I had um, encouraged breweries to do in the past. I had talked about um, there's a previous batch. I believe it was batch number uh, three, three or four that we talked about user-generated content. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of uh, discussed that there's a couple breweries that were had created a hashtag that wasn't really used well on Instagram, wasn't flooded by hundreds of or thousands of photos, and they use it as a way to curate posts that people are sharing on on Instagram. And so, mm -hmm. are you saying that that's not a good idea um, for a brewery to say, "Hey, this hashtag is relevant to our brand; it's not used by really anybody." Um, this would be a spot where all of our photos would be available for us to go get that people are using. Um, or does it help to get, is that okay? Because it's a variety of accounts that are using that hashtag. Yeah, I'd say as long as there's a variety of accounts, but then I would still be careful that if you're the account who's using it the most, that's going to trigger um, something within the algorithm. So I will say, like, to this whole um, shadow banning hashtags not showing up thing, if you're a really small account, I'd say, like, under 5,000 followers, a lot of this stuff probably you don't have to worry about as much because the algorithm isn't really picking up on your activity the way it would be with somebody who has, like, 100,000 followers, mm -hmm. for example. So just be kind of paying attention to it. If you start to notice that, you're using this hashtag that you were using before, but your images aren't getting as much feedback. This is one of those things where Iconosquare will come in really handy because it does show you your engagement. Um, like you can click on a specific hashtag that you've used and see what your engagement is with all the different posts that use that hashtag. So if you start to notice um, a drop in that kind of engagement, and even if you're not using like advanced statistics like Iconosquare, you'll notice you'll just have an idea that something's off. Maybe stop using that hashtag for a while or get some other people hash to use it. The more people who use it, the less likely you are to experience that shadow banning. But also, um, I'd say that it's better if that hashtag is specific to one kind of content that you're posting. So maybe, you know, every Monday you post a video and every Thursday you post a picture of, a glass of beer and every Friday you post a review from a customer. If you're only using that hashtag for your customer reviews, or you're only using that hashtag for photos of glasses of beer, or you're only using that hashtag for like this specific kind of post, then you're less likely to encounter that than if you're using that hashtag on every single thing. Okay. Well, this has been, man, this is, Allison, you've been really helpful. I've learned a lot. I got a whole page of notes already <laughs> on awesome. stuff I need to start doing for uh, my own Instagram account. Allison, if if uh, some of the people listening are saying, "Hey, I want to learn more from Allison," or "I want to connect with you," mm -hmm. where where would you want to direct them? So I'm gonna direct everybody to my Instagram account because it's like the only form of social media that I'm super active on. 
So my Instagram is Allison Mayer W S A. So that's A L L I S O N M A Y E R W S A. All one word, no spaces, underscores, that kind of thing. Um, my email and my phone number are both on there. So if you have questions about Instagram, I'm happy to help out. I'm happy. Uh, I like to see Instagram succeeding and the community growing. So go ahead and, you know, send me an email. Probably don't call me without sending me an email first, but <laughs> you could if you wanted to, if you were like desperate to get some help right this second. But I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has. So Great. And where where are you based out again, Allison? Um, so I split my time between Indianapolis, Indiana and traveling the world. So it really just depends on the day. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll have to, you know, hopefully some breweries in the area there are listening to this and are going to go, huh? Yeah. Somebody right in my backyard that could maybe give me some insight. If you're a brewery in Indianapolis or any place else in the world, I will work for beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there you go. There you have it. Huh? <laughs> Um, Allison, thank you so much for your wisdom and your, your oh. insight on this, giving us some of your time. And yeah. uh, we thanks will... so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So. Yeah, and we'll we'll make sure we follow up with you. If you guys uh, have appreciated it, I really encourage you to connect with Allison. If anything, you get to watch her implement some of these strategies that she shared and and see how they actually work. Um, and then you can go straight to her if you have questions. Obviously, you can ans- ask me. But once you're connected with her on Instagram. Like she said, engagement is a is a big thing for her. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Allison. All right. Thank you. So I hope that was a helpful conversation for you. I hope that you took something away that's going to uh, excite you and encourage you that Instagram is a place for your craft brewery. Instagram is a place where you can build a community. Instagram is a place that's going to help you grow your brewery, increase the number of customers that are coming in your door. And my encouragement to you is if you jotted down a whole page of notes like I said I did uh, in the conversation with Allison, I would encourage you to just take one thing. Don't overwhelm yourself. Take one thing and begin implementing it right away and see how that works. Implementing one tactic, one strategy that Allison uh talked about in this conversation. If you want to get access to all the notes, you want a summary of everything we talked about, you can uh, visit the website, which is hellobolello.com slash batch, B-A-T-C-H, 006, all one word. And you'll get uh, a whole summary of notes. There'll be some links to some of the tools she's talking about. And you, like I said, you can connect with Allison there as well. So go check it out. You can also shoot me a message on Facebook. If you go to my Facebook page, which is Hello Bolello, you can send me a message there and you can also type in the keyword batch 006 and I'll send you a link to the website as well as the show notes there too. That's all for this batch of the Social Media Advantage for Craft Breweries. I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.